Every one of us, if you are saved, knows that we're to be men and women of faith, right? And everybody would say that's true. I want to be a woman of faith. I want to walk with God. But the problem is that faith many times is a step out of the comfort zone. In fact, could I say almost every time? We talk about having faith, but we really don't most of the time. Let me give another word, risk. Now, there are risk takers naturally, you know. There are some people that just like to take risks. I just read about a man at 95, uh, hiked over the pass that Hannibal took in the, Swiss, in the uh, French Alps. <laughs> That's a pretty much a risk taking at 95 years of age. He made it fine. He's done it a number of years, so, um, but he's just that kind of person. Well, I'm not talking about being the kind of person that does something, you know, extreme sports and all of that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about for just us regular folks to believe God to get out of our comfort zone and to realize that faith is always trusting God's word, which runs contrary to what our flesh wants to do almost every time. Our flesh doesn't want to get saved, it wants to depend upon itself. And so it's a big step forward when we trust Christ as our Savior. And uh, I mean, you think about that. When you truly got saved, if you were an adult, it seemed like you were taking a big, it was a big step of faith, and of course, eternal life came as a result of it, praise the Lord. Uh, but you know, there are many, so many things in our lives that God calls us to do, and it's not the natural thing to do. It goes against the natural inclination. And it is just believing God's word over our feelings, what everybody else thinks. We're going to do what God wants us to do. Well, <clears throat> the area of serving the Lord, the reason most people do not really un understand and, and have the joy of it is that it is a step out of the comfort zone. Because almost always, serving the Lord is going to be out of your comfort zone. It's going to be where God has to deliver you to do what He wants you to do. And if we were to take a study right now of Ephesians chapter 4 um, and look at that part of the matter of giftings and serving the Lord, one of the emphases that I would uh, make as I'm talking about spiritual gifting is to talk about the fact that spiritual gifts are almost always in the area of our weakness, not our strength. Because one of the, the worst things for us is to, to depend upon our human strengths. Now, remember, our human strengths are gifts also, aren't they? Anything we have is of God. But we have a comfort zone in what we can do pretty well. So we sometimes will say, well, my area of ministry will be this area because I feel comfortable doing that. I can cook or um, I can, I like meeting people's needs, which is a wonderful thing. But it's just something you like to do or you may be strong. Some people like to talk. <laughs> so maybe I could teach. Well, there's a little danger in that, you know. And so it is that your natural ability almost always is in your area of weakness. As 1 Corinthians chapters 1 and 2 talks about that uh, God empowers us in the, the weak things of the world to confound the mighty. And so we need to know, and everybody else needs to know, that what God is doing is God doing it, and it's not us. You know, so many people think, well, I'm not educated enough to serve the Lord. Or I can't talk. 
or I'm just not a people person. Uh, I'm too shy. Well, um, I've given the illustrations here many times. Uh, um, I come out of a Dutch background, so therefore we, we hide behind being more reserved, right? <laughs> uh, always point out Mrs. Sigma there, because her husband really was the kind of Dutchman that I grew up with. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, them, but they were more reserved, quiet, shyer, and that's something all of our family has had to fight a little bit. And of course, uh, growing up, uh, I stuttered terribly, and so I certainly wasn't a very good candidate to be a preacher. And, uh, and so these kinds of uh, weaknesses oftentimes are right where God puts us and wants to spiritually gift us. I don't know how many times I think about it when I'm preaching. This is a miracle, honestly. I can't believe God's called me to do it. I'm so thankful. And, um, uh, and so God will do the same thing for you. He'll certainly use your, your human strengths because he gave those to you. If you can sing, if you can speak, all of those things are very, very wonderful uh, opportunities you can organize. But it's very probable that where God's going to really use you is going to be in an area where you are amazed that he uses you there. And so keep that in mind as we talk about this, because so many times when we start talking about spiritual gifting, people start looking at what they think they can do. Listen, every time you believe God and take a step of faith, just remember the word risk. You're stepping out of your comfort zone to do what God has called you to do. You know, one thing we all can do in serving the Lord is to give the gospel. But I'll guarantee you, there's only a handful of you just, are, just naturally can talk to people and you've never met a stranger. I wish I had that ability, but I don't have it. Uh, and, uh, and how many of you would say you don't have that ability? To just, okay, that's what I thought. Some of you, some of you do. Some of you are quite good uh, at uh, talking to folks, but that could be also just God empowering you. But did you know every one of us, when you get going, and are willing to obey the Lord and give you the gospel, all of a sudden something happens and you have the ability to do it. You have, I tell you what, you come out of a, that's why people are so excited after they go out and witness because they come back and say, that was a miracle. And the miracle wasn't the person, it was them. You know, wow, I actually did it. I can't believe it. That was just amazing. Now God gave me exactly the right verses, what to say, and uh, uh, it's a miracle. That's how I feel every time I preach, every time I give the gospel. It has to be a miracle because we can't do it. And it's just a thrill. You can just feel the power of God coming upon you to do what he's called you to do. And nothing will strengthen your faith more than to see God use you as a tool in his divine sovereign hand. Wow. I mean, that's just, that's glory. And uh, so... Ladies, when we box ourselves into our own little world and our limitations, you live, a, you live a limited life. Your God shrinks in your mind. The possibilities of your life shrink. Situations that you should be over to, able to overcome now become overcoming to you because you are not living a grace-filled, power-packed life <laughs> that you know God can do the impossible. So when something negative happens, you get strangled by the by the negative instead of knowing. I see God work all the time. God's gonna work through this. This isn't a problem. Certainly may cause me to cry right now, but God's gonna work. 
So what I'm saying is very important right now. That's why she's finishing out this book on all of this managing your life comes down to this focus of taking the step of faith out of your comfort zone to be the tool in God's hand that he wants you to be. And that's where life just comes alive. And so no matter what your background is, no matter what your stage of life is, uh, no matter what limitations you may have because of that, not a person here cannot be powerfully used of God in your own unique way. See, it's not based on us, it's based on God. And folks, God doesn't have any limitations. You say, but, but I just, oh, I've got this and this and this, or, you know, some of the most powerful, powerfully used people in this church would be some of the most unlikely ones that you would ever think. And uh, they may have extreme health problems. It may be age, uh, but it's amazing. At uh, advanced age, mightily used of God. Um, it could be no background or horrible early life, horrible abusive life, and now they're just grace-filled workers for God that just are amazing. See, I know everybody's background just about in the church, so I get to stand up in front of the church every day and look out at a bunch of miracles. So, I mean, my faith gets strengthened just to walk up on the platform. Hallelujah. You know, this is great. Uh, you can't tell me God can't change a life. He can take the hardest situation and he can work. And I believe it from the depths of my heart. One example, I may have given it in here before, but is of uh, uh, a man named Jim Gruber, who was a deacon in our church. And as just a 40-some-year-old, he developed Parkinson's. That was way early in his life. And, uh, and so he got a terrible case of Parkinson's, but he loved to give the gospel. And I remember he'd come out on soul winning night and I'm, he's literally shaking top, you know, it's not just a little tremor. I mean, he was shaking. And, um, and it was hard for him to talk because of the shaking. I used to think, uh, oh boy, you know, but he would go, he'd come back, pastor, we got, somebody got saved tonight, you know. Well, they're going to listen to somebody that's laboring to try to give the gospel because they really care. And I used to be so encouraged and convicted, frankly. He did that until he couldn't do it at all. I just, he just comes to mind, and I could give you many other uh, dear folks that were able to be used of God in so many different ways, but I just give that as an example. Uh, Romans chapter 12 <clears throat> Verse 6, you have the application of the great chapters in Romans on salvation and sanctification. And, uh, and the application is that we're to be a living sacrifice. We're not to be conformed to this world. We are to be transformed. We are to uh, be, re we are to be uh, renewed in, in our minds so that we can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Every lady in this room has a very clear will for your life to glorify God and to impact the kingdom right now. Now, you have to believe that. You have to believe that. Your will, I mean, God's will for you is as important as any young man that's called into the ministry, any young lady that surrenders to the mission field, or whatever you, can, you see and you say, praise the Lord, their life's going to be used by God. Now, wait a second. Your life is just as important to the Lord. You know, God can take one year and multiply it into 30. I mean, He, he can do things through you in a matter of a month that uh, 
that you would think would take years to do. Don't limit God. I'm really serious on this right now because this is probably the number one problem I face other than just overt sin in the lives of people is the discouragement about their own inadequacies and don't think that God can use them. Listen, when you, believe, you start getting a hold of God's will and you start believing that God can use you, everything else you do is going to change. You are going to want to prepare your life. You're going to want to be with, walk with the Lord. You're going to want all the things that we've talked about from this study uh, to occur in your life because you've got a goal. You've got a purpose for living. And so if you don't have a goal, you know, you've heard if you aim for nothing, you're going to hit it. You know, we have to have that goal in our lives. Anyway, chapter 12, verse 6. Having then gifts differing uh, to the grace that is given to us, and it goes on and speaks of the various gifts. So we all have gifts. Ephesians chapter 4, if you just want to flip over there to that, I alluded to that. Ephesians chapter 4, this wonderful passage on walking worthy. We often talk about this. And um, you read there in verse 7, but unto everyone, so every lady I'm talking to here, is given grace, God's free gift of His power and His enablement because of what He did on the cross, according to the measure, the uniqueness uh, measure of the gift of Christ. Every one of us have God's grace and we're gifted by the indwelling Spirit to have a very unique role in the cause of Christ. And so it's very, very important. And so uh, she gives the example that they, they asked her if she would help in a new ministry and start teaching. She never could have dreamed, the author put, that she would be writing a book like this. And she immediately said, no way, I can't do that. I've never done that. There's no way I can speak, no way I can prepare something. Well, thankfully, her husband intervened and said, you know, your, your life is so much more in order now. You have uh, grown. You know, they were saved as adults, and your fa the family's in order. It's time for you to minister. I mean, uh, she should have been doing it earlier. Uh, she would just rather do a, some kind of service, but didn't think she could do that. Well, uh, she stepped out, risked, and look, we're blessed here today by, by what God was able to do. And I can honestly tell you that she would, if she was here telling you, she'd say, I, I would have just never dreamed, never dreamed. You have no idea what God can do. When God puts his touch on it, he's the creator. He's the savior. He has all power. He knows how we're made. He knows you better than you know yourself. And when the divine hand is on your life, wow, uh, it's amazing what can happen. So we all have gifts differing one for another. Do not gauge your life based upon somebody else. You know, everybody has their strengths. Just revel in people's strengths. Enjoy the fact that other people succeed in certain things. Don't be threatened by that. Um, we're all made differently. Insecurity is such a gripping paralysis for so many people. Don't measure yourself by somebody else. Very unwise thing to do. And so what you need to do is rejoice in how God blesses others and especially when you see God minister through people. When somebody teaches something, and it was obviously God gifted them to give that to you, praise the Lord. But remember, that's what God wants to do through you in different ways, maybe not teaching, but uh, God will, will work that way. And um, so God will uh, gives to every one of us spiritual gifts. 
And as uh, 1 Corinthians 12 says, he, they are given severally as He will. It's His choice, not our choice. Well, you say, hmm, how in the world am I going to know what my gift is? Just start serving. I say this all the time. Just start doing what you know everybody's supposed to do, and that's the Great Commission. Endeavor to get the gospel out. Start discipling somebody if you've grown in the Lord. And, uh, you know, you can, no matter where you are, you can disciple somebody to that point. And by the way, when you disciple someone, you disciple yourself. <laughs> uh, every time I preach, I'm learning something. Every time I disciple, I come out of there saying, boy, that, that was the Lord. That, i got to remember that. <laughs> or I get convicted uh, so often. That's exactly what will happen for you. You'll grow much faster when you do what God wants you to do. So God wants everyone here to give the gospel when they can. He wants everyone here to be touching somebody else's life. And the important thing about that is that when you start doing that, you're going to begin to see supernatural things happening. And you're going to begin to realize that uh, God is working in your life. Um, and so John Wesley, um, you know, he, where you start is what he said. Do all the good you can do, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. <laughs> in other words, just give yourself to meeting people's needs and God will begin to work. And we're going to talk about a little bit here how to know that in just a minute. But I want you to think about all of the ladies that were such a blessing. Who was it that really ministered to Christ in his earthly ministry? Ladies. It's just amazing. And, and then um, who was the faithful group that stood at the uh, cross? Ladies. One man. Who was the one man that finally showed up? John the Apostle. Um, who was the one that hosted the prayer meeting that got Peter out of jail. It was a woman, the mother of John Mark. Uh, who helped start the church in Philippi? Lydia, seller of purple, when she got saved. Uh, who, what couple do we associate with Paul, both in Corinth, Ephesus, and Rome? Aquila and Priscilla. You notice they're put on equal plane there in the scripture. Paul constantly uh, uh, talks about both. Sometime I would like you to just read Romans 16 and mark every woman's name in the whole list of salutations there. More ladies than men. And uh, you will find some of the names you can't figure out are feminine or masculine, I realize, but... Uh, go down through that, and you will see what an anchor to the work of God ladies were. Romans 16, I like to preach a message just out of Romans 16 to ladies, because there's a lot of little angles of service there that are a real blessing. Um, and then, of course, you have in Titus 2, we've used that as a theme passage before, the older women teaching the younger. And so on and on you can go. Uh, so, uh, that's, uh, that's something you need to get into your mind. All right. Well, when you begin to serve the Lord and God begins to start giving you opportunities. Uh, by the way, take an opportunity. Listen, when somebody feels impressed, especially in leadership, to ask you to do something, 
and you say, I can't, you probably should. Not because you've got to be authority, I'm not saying that, but the very, th the very thing that causes you to say you can't probably is an indicator that's where God's going to work in the area of your weakness. I told you it's risk-taking. What's going to happen is for a number of you in the next several weeks, something's going to happen. All of a sudden, you're going to be asked to do something. Oh, no, pastor talked about that. In fact, I ought to remember who all is here. Bring you joy. It'll bear fruit. Wow, God did something. Mark that. When you step out of the comfort zone and do something and God gives fruit, oh, I'm telling you, you're probably going down the pathway of your gifting. Your service will be affirmed by others. People say, you know, God, really, that was a blessing. Thank you. God's hand on you. And, um, and oftentimes, too, leadership will see it. I've often seen that, how uh, I've just become aware of, you know, God's hand on that person. That's amazing what they can do there. You know, that's God working. And so uh, we, when we endeavor to try to get people in the right spots, we take into consideration the hand of God as we have seen it or heard about it in people's lives. And uh, so that's a blessing. And then it'll create, create opportunities for repeat, op for repeat times to do it. And so just uh, ask God to lead you and guide you. But remember, what's the temptation going to be when the opportunity is there? I can't. Thank you. That was exactly right. Uh, I can't. And what will that probably tell you? I should. Everybody listening to me? Because that's where a lot of Christians stay on the sidelines their whole life. I can't. Do you want to live a life of I can't? Don't you want to live a life of God can? I mean, honestly, don't sell yourself short. Life should be as exciting for you as any missionary, pioneer missionary, or anybody else that you admire in the work of the Lord. Your life is strate as strategic, very different. It'll be in, but and also doors may open that you couldn't even dream of, and you'll be doing things that you would never have thought of if you'll just take each step as God gives it to you.